Say what's up to your neighbor as you are seated. Say you look nice. I'm happy to see you. Let's give it up for our worship team. Wow. Oh my gosh. So anointed, so anointed. Hey, welcome to church on the North Coast. Yeah. Welcome, welcome. You are in a house that is celebrating the fact that you are here in this room. We are excited to see you. We are happy you're here. You being here brings strength. You being here reminds us that we're not in this alone. We are surrounded by people who love Jesus. We are surrounded by people that will walk with us, lift us up, push us forward, and take on this thing called life together. We celebrate you for being here today. Give yourselves a hand for being in the room today. So good to see y'all. So today, we do have a couple of announcements, and then we're going to have a very special presentation. But first and foremost, Josh, oh, actually, wait, first and foremost, download the Church on the North Coast app, because if you do that, then you won't even need announcements, because everything is right there in the app. All the things that are coming up, you're able to look at all of our resources, our website, you're able to get everything you possibly need. There's actually going to be a DSM parent resource tab going in there very soon where you'll get some resources to help with your awesome teenagers and I say awesome positive with your awesome teenagers that never cause you any stress because they're just so filled with the Holy Spirit they're little angels amen we're gonna add that tab here actually this week so really excited to download the app uh, Joshua Kids Camp is coming up if you check out the screen you will find the information June 12th through June 16th amen for whoever clapped the one person <laughs> Obviously, you're not one of the people that stays there all week. I'm playing. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Joshua Kids Camp is an amazing time where we get to take our kids away and just go and fill them up with Jesus. Two services a day, all kinds of fun activities, horses and canoeing and games and just the most amazing stuff. The people that are there serving at Joshua Kids Camp are the most anointed in all of the kingdom of heaven. So thank you for serving. Thank you for giving. Thank you for giving towards it. Also, mark your calendar. The Fearless Women's Dinner on the Patio is coming up. Yeah, Fearless Women, what's up? Are you excited? Yeah, it's going to be cool. So mark your calendar for that. Again, all of this information and more can be found in the CNC app. Church on the North Coast, it is my pleasure to bring to the stage right now our senior pastors, Pastors Troy and Rebecca Thompson. Please stand to your feet and welcome them as they come. You can certainly sit down, that's for sure. All right, so we're not, I'm not up here alone. I would like to call up, right you can just come up here so just we don't have right to... Here. Come on the stage, all of us. But I would like to call up all of our children's ministry volunteers. So if you are a children's ministry volunteer in this house from zero to our kids' church age, come on up here. Come on, right now. Gotta, come on. We need you to come up. Come <clears throat> Excuse me. Come on up. These are come the on, unseen Sheree. heroes. Yes. yes. Come, come on. Give it up for them. That's right. Get up here. We want to appreciate you. We want to bless you. We want to acknowledge you and all of your hard work, the love that you have for um, God's heart. Because really, 
you're serving these families, but you're serving the heart of God. Because these beautiful children are, they, they are his heart, and he loves them, and we get to pour into them. And so we want to um, just bless you and pray over you. But also I want to remind you that in the book of Acts it says that it is more blessed to give than to receive. And so when you're back there blessing and giving of these kids, giving to these kids, they you're receiving. You're the one actually receiving. A lot of times when I go home and I'm like, I feel tired, but I feel so inspired because I got something. I feel like I'm giving something to them, but actually I'm the one that receives something from them. It's really cool how God does that. And so um, your crown in heaven, I always brag. I, he, he reminded me, I brag in, in, at home that children's workers, because you guys are the, the hidden heroes, that you're going to have these big giant crowns in heaven. <laughs> that you get to walk around. Your reward is great. Your reward is great. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, there's more out there. I wore my glasses on purpose so I could see you, even see if you, you. just, I see you, Bianca, see you. get up here. <laughs> and I know that they are, <laughs> I know they're trying to get, because there's people in the, the rooms right now that, that are always in there. And you know what's funny is me and my sister, April, when we first started to, well, I've been doing children's ministry since I was 13, but when we first started, like, taking it over with our, like, real jobs and our other jobs, just, you know, jobs everywhere, like all of you guys have, um, we, some people would, th they thought that we backslid. They were like, oh, I thought you guys didn't come to church anymore. I thought you left. And I'm like, no, maybe if, if you had kids or maybe if you'd come help me, I could get in church sometimes. So actually, that's what some of these people that are in the bubble room right now, like Layla, you might think she doesn't come to church anymore, but she does. She's in kids' church or in the bubble room all the time. So if we're not here, that is, that is where they are. Thank you, Sharon, for helping me pass these cards out too. But we're going to pray, pray over them. You know? Yeah, we just want to say thank you to all of you for fighting the greatest fight of our time. And I say that with all sincerity. You are fighting the greatest fight that time has ever known, and that is for the souls and the minds of young people. If, if you didn't do your job, I promise you, generations would be lost. They would be swept away. And so I'm going to ask you, Church on the North Coast, to put your hands together for all of our volunteers for children's ministry. Now, if you could, extend a hand this way. Come on, just extend your hand this way, and let's bless them. Come on, pray in the Holy Spirit. Just begin to pronounce a blessing over each and every one of them. Father, we thank you for each and every one of these ministers of the gospel. We pray an increase over their life of strength and peace. We pray the blessing of heaven over them. Father, we thank you for them. We thank you for the gifts and the calling that they impart to another generation. We bless them with strength. We bless them with healing this, this afternoon. We bless them with vitality. Refresh them, God, like only you can. We declare the blessing of heaven over their life, not just financially, but solically, God, that you would fill their cup to overflowing in the mighty name of Jesus. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. Thank you so much.
Thank you, and thank you, can thank you. Can I say you. one more, one more thing? One say more all your thing. things. Say all okay. your things. So one more thing. This beautiful team, you guys can sit down. Thank you. But we do have your cards, so they're trying to get them to you as fast as we can. Hopefully, I didn't miss anybody. If I miss somebody, he's going to give you double what's in there. <laughs> I know. Um, but we, in the in the book of Matthew, Matthew 28, it says to go and make disciples. Right? God commissioned us to do that. He didn't say like, will you please? He said, go. It is a command. Go and make disciples. And so it is, uh, there's a, a statistic out there that children, if they, if you're going to come to know the Lord, you can come to know the Lord when you're 105, but most likely they come to know the Lord between the ages of four and 14. And so it is such a, an important ministry area. All areas of ministry are important, but this one is just so um, vital to the kingdom of heaven. And so when you're getting to go Thank and you. make disciples and you get to tell people about Jesus, that is like the best job in the world. I remember one time, it was years and years ago, and there was a little boy that came, I think it was Joshua Kids or something, but I didn't know him and he came and he said, I know who you are. You're the woman that tells us about Jesus. And I'm like, yes, that's it. I can like go to heaven now. That's all I need. And so that is, that's the best. I don't need you to know my name. I don't need anything else. If you can be known that you, were to, you told someone about Jesus and they get to know about God and have a relationship with God and go to heaven because of, of your answer to the call to go and make disciples. So we need you. I know that it looked like a lot of people up here, but we have three areas back there right now, and we need at least two people, and usually there's not two. We should at least two, so two to four in each, and on Wednesday nights too, and so we really need to multiply. We need more, and so after service today in the foyer, there's a big yellow sign that says volunteers needed. Please sign up to join our team. We just ask once a month, and, and you'll be blessed, so thank you. Amen. Thank you. Uh, my wife, my wife is, uh, she's famous in projects. I'm serious. If we, once, a, every time we go to the projects down the road from us, uh, we recruit for camp. And uh, as soon as she gets out of the car, she gets out of the car, she starts walking, and kids come out from everywhere. And, and generations, too. So one time we went to this door, and the, and the gentleman came out. And he, you know, he was, he was mad at first, you know, because he knocked on his door. You know, and, and so she, and you know, it smelled like some, well, you know what it smelled like. And, um, <laughs> and, and, <laughs> and, uh, and, I, and, you know, everybody else steps back, you know, but not, not my wife. She steps forward and she says, hey, uh, uh, can I sign your kids up for camp? And the dude's, you know, his, his whole demeanor changed. He looked, he said, oh, he stepped outside. He said, Pastor Becca, how are you? And she couldn't recognize him. You know, he had hair and, you know, like, she's like, I don't, you know. But, but he knew her. And I'm like, I was like, I said back, I said, my wife is famous in the Jacks, man. She can't go nowhere, you know. <laughs> so you want to be famous. You want to be famous for, for, for leading children to the Lord. Thank you for volunteering and helping out. Uh, like she said, it's the greatest area of need of our ministry. And I, I 100% believe it is the greatest fight that we can commit to. Uh, we, 
we have to play the long game, and playing the long game means investing in that wing of our ministry rather more, more so than even this, this end, you know. And uh, she does say that. She does. I want you to know, if you serve in children's ministry, she 100% believes that you're more anointed than anyone who leads worship or, 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 or uh, uh, you know, me even. You know, she's like, I'm going to have a bigger crown. And I think she's right. I think she's right. <laughs> I think she's right. It takes a specific anointing to, uh, to climb out in, you know, into the woods with kids for like, you know, five days and, and come out alive. <laughs> it definitely takes an anointing on your life to do that. So thank you for helping us with that. Uh, today, uh, let's receive uh, th- this, uh, this afternoon's tithe and offering. You ready to do that? Um, uh, I'm, uh, how many have read the book Rich Dad, Poor Dad? Raise your hand. Raise your hand if you've read the book Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Yeah, I see some hands. I see some hands. Listen, um, I, I read it before, and I read it again uh, recently, and um, I, I'll pay for the book if you'll read it. Honestly, like if you, I will, I will buy you that book to read, and I pray that you already have a Bible to read. And if you don't have a Bible, we'll buy you one of those as well. But the, the premise behind the book is this. I want you to read the book, but if, if you don't, I want you to get this. Uh, the, he says the biggest, the biggest uh, difference between those who have wealth and those who do not have wealth. And, and I want to address what, you, what's, what I feel in the room also. And that's that, that's that thing, that, that spirit of religion that says uh, we should not have wealth. I want you to know that if, if you don't accept the privilege and responsibility of being successful, somebody who is corrupt and perverted will accept your position and they will bring harm to your children and your children's children if you neglect your success. He said to Joshua, I will not only give you everywhere you step, but I will make you, I will give you what? good success. That's better than just success. It's better than success. And so success is a a responsibility and the privilege of every believer. And so I want you to erase that mentality that you're not supposed to be successful in life and you're not supposed to have this this mindset of generational wealth. You You must resolve that in your spirit. And so the premise of the book is this, that we, that most people don't understand the difference between, uh, uh, assets and liabilities. And this is the whole premise of the book. I'm going to share a scripture with you in a minute that's going to kind of point this out. But he says, so here, 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 here's an asset. And, you know, I want to debunk the whole idea. If you think you have assets, I'm going to, I'm, we're going to talk about it right now. An asset is anything that you possess that makes you money. Ask yourself, do I have anything that's making me money. I'm not talking about your profession. Your profession and your assets are two different things. I'm not talking about exchanging time for money. You won't get wealthy doing that. But if you, if you can turn your profession into a business, then, then now, now, now you can start making money. So, so I want you to think like this. What am I doing for them that I should be doing for me? What am I doing for them that I should be doing for me? It should be my company. I should, I'm doing this for them now, but I'm going to evolve, and I'm going to do it for me, and I'm going to create kingdom wealth. Amen? So right now, lift your hands in the room. Right now, I pray the spirit of, of business to come upon you. I declare you are a business owner. What you're doing for them... 
God's going to give you innovative ideas. Mindset's going to give you a wealth mentality to create success for your children and your children. They're going to inherit even more than you possess now. But you must begin. So I declare in Jesus' name, innovation come upon you. Spirit of revelation, just come alive in your spirit. Now I speak over you. Wealth and success because it is your responsibility in Jesus' name. Amen. So that's what an asset is. An asset is anything that makes you money, and it's not what you do. You, unless what you do, you turn into a business. Then you can take a day off. Here's how you know if your profession makes you money. If you can take a day off and it keeps going and making money while you're on the, on the beach you know, down in southern Florida, that's an asset. Now here's a liability. a liability. Young people, listen to me. A liability is anything that costs you money. Now, the problem with us is we think, we believe that our assets are, are we believe that our, our liabilities are assets. We think our cars are assets. You got you to gotta pay for that car. You got to get insurance on that car. You got to put gas in that car. You got to maintain that car. That thing, that thing may cost you money. Unless now, now we could turn that car into money if we hire somebody to Uber in our car. And that's what I want you to start thinking like. How do I turn liabilities into assets? How do I become influential in the kingdom and create success, not just for me, but for my generation? Start thinking like that. So anything that costs you money is a liability. Anything that makes you money is an asset. Now, go take your Bible. You say, show me this in the Bible. Okay, I will. I'm going to show it to you right now. Go take your Bible. Go with me to Matthew 6, 20 to 21. Jesus says this. Lay up for yourself what? Treasures. Lay up means to invest. Invest in treasures of heaven where moth and rust cannot destroy. Thieves cannot break in. For where your treasure is, I'll show you where your heart is. So here, you want to create, you want to invest. I want you to understand, you're, you never, you're not, you're not giving, you're investing. You're investing. Consider yourself an investor. I'm an investor. I look for, I, I don't live by need, I live by seed. If you're an investor, you look for opportunities to invest. The wealthy are always looking for opportunities to say, well, how can I invest? How, how can I turn this liability into an asset? How can I take what they're doing, become a partner of it, and say, let's make this make money for you? Right? So, so I'm, not, I'm not throwing money in a bucket. I'm investing. I'm investing. And the, the, first, the first key to creating a, a, a bank account in heaven is to tithe. That's the first key. You've got to learn to tithe. You've got to get the mentality of tithing, this, this principle of the tenth of your life. Because you must understand this, that God can do more with your 10% than you can do with your 90 once you get that, it's a wrap. It's a change. It's a, it's a changeover. You say, God, I, I, I will always exchange I will always exchange 10%. I will, it's, it's, it's an easy exchange if you're an investor. I'm going to give you 10%, God, and you're going to take care of everything, and, and, it, and it's a wrap in my life. You know, last year, we made the decision that we were going to give back to, well, a few years ago, we made this decision. And uh, last year, we gave nearly uh, half a million dollars back into the community of faith. We said, we're going to, we believe that our people are our greatest asset, 
So we said, let's invest in our people because if we make, if we create, if we invest in the most precious commodity the world has, that's you, that's your, your neighbor, that's you. If we invest in you, then what you'll do is you'll invest in the kingdom. And, and by doing so, we gave we a, a half a million dollars back last year. We made a decision that we were going to give over a million this year. Now, here's what happens when you decide something like this. When you decide to do this, when you become an investor, do you know how hard it is to give away a million dollars? Honestly, I consciously have to pay attention as to where I'm investing and what I'm investing in. There are some Sundays before I even leave the room, I've given away $10,000. But you have to be kind. There was a movie back in the day, some of you, Brewster's Million. Remember that? It was a Richard Pryor, right? He had to give away a million dollars. He had a hard time doing it. But I'm telling you, if you'll live by seed and not by need, you'll change your, you'll change your future. You'll, it'll, the, the landscape of your future will change. You'll begin to look at things differently. So I want to I encourage you, first of all, to create a heavenly bank, a bank account by tithing, learning to tithe. D- don't worry about that 10%. I'm telling you, God can do more with your 10% than you can do with your 90 or even your 100 Learn to tithe. Secondly, I want to encourage you to do this. I want to encourage you to join and stay in fellowship. I'm going to talk about that in a minute. Join and stay in fellowship with covenant believers. That's, key, that's critical to maintaining your mindset of wealth. Join and stay in, in fellowship with, with like-minded believers in covenant. And then third, know the heart of the Father. How do you know the heart of the Father? By the presence of Jesus. So stay in the presence of Jesus. Amen. As you give today, let's bless it. Let's bless that. And, uh, and as we bless it, we are going to just declare, a- as you hold that up, we're declaring the, the blessing of heaven over it right now, in Jesus' name, that the business ideas are going to come to you. In the next 24 hours to 48 hours, God is going to bring business concepts and ideas to you that are, that are going to revolutionize your future. That's going to transform your future. We just declare it and then take the risk now. Take the risk to walk in faith, to walk it out in faith. We bless your business now that you reap a hundredfold in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. As you, as you pass that along, take your Bible, go with me. Actually, don't go there yet because I don't want to give it away. Can you give me my, my little foldy thing there, if you don't mind? Because it's, uh, yeah, that. I, uh, I went out to dinner recently. Uh, I want to talk about the table of the Lord today. We're going to receive communion. I know some of you are looking at the table like, hey, when are we going to do that? We're going to do that at the conclusion of the service because I'm going to talk about communion today, the significance of it. But uh, I went out to dinner recently, and uh, I was hungry. Have you, have, you ever, have you ever gone out to dinner? But, to, but sometimes you go out to dinner with people, and it's kind of formal, and you, you got you to eat, eat cute. You know what I mean? Like, you can't, you, you, you really want to eat more but you, you, you pull back and you go like, I'm just going to, you know, no, I'll just have a salad. You know what I mean? You're, you're cute. You just get cute with it. You go, ah, you know, I'm not going to eat as much as I'm going to. Well, this day, this day, I, I had scheduled dinner and, I, 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 and, you, and you tend to eat like that around people you don't really know. 
You know what I mean? If you don't really, if you're not really comfortable with them and they don't really know you, then, you know, you tend to eat your fried chicken with a fork and a, and a, and a knife. But if you was around some people you knew, you would just pick the chicken up and you would eat it with your fingers because nobody eats chicken with a knife and a fork. You know what I mean? So I'm sitting at the table and uh, I'm doing this intermittent fasting thing, you know, and I'm, I'm, trying, to, I'm trying my hardest to lose weight, you know. And, and so I, I, had, I normally don't eat till around 2 o'clock. And, and so this day I had something at 2, something at 3, something at 4. And I was going right from, the, so I hadn't eaten all day. And I was hungry, hungry. Like, like beyond hunger, I was, I was hangry. I was, I, was, I was close, man. I was living on the edge. And, and so I made up my mind when me and my wife were driving there. I was like, listen, I'm going in. When I get there, I'm paying. I, you know what I'm saying? I said, I'm paying for the meal. And that's the trick, guys. Here's what you do. If you pay for the meal, you can order whatever you want. You know what I mean? You don't have to worry about it. As long as you're paying for the meal, you can order. You could order double this and triple that and some more of that. Give me a side of that. Give me three appetizers and give me some bread. No, and then when they come back and ask you, do you want more bread? You go, yes, I want some more bread. Not, not the whole modest, no, 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 thank you. That's enough bread for now. I miss bread, y'all. I really miss bread. It's so good. Jesus is the bread of life. And... And so when I got there, I'm telling you, I did not waste time. I'm telling you, bro, I went in. I was like, I, I know exactly what I want. I'm used to eating at this restaurant. I said, I want three appetizers. I want this, this, and that. Could you please bring that out as fast as possible? And don't forget the bread. Just keep it coming. I'm, gonna, I'm having bread today, you know. And, and so they brought it out, and then they brought all the appetizers out. I got the most expensive steak on the menu. Because I was paying. I didn't care. I was paying. And, I, and at that point, I'm just like, you know, I'm so hungry. I got to eat, you know. And, and I'm sure they were looking at me like, what are you doing, man? This dude, I, was like, I haven't eaten. I was he's like, I haven't eaten yet today, you know. And I'm eating. And, uh, and you know, it got, it got through. And, and I had eaten a lot. I had ordered a lot. You know, when they, when they asked, if, hey, you want the steak? I said, yeah. You want uh, onions and mushrooms? Yes. You got anything else you can put on there? Get some cheese on there, too. You know, like whatever else. I had eaten, I had eaten so much, you know, I mean, I was full, I was full, and uh, I was looking around for the waitress to give me the check, oh, they beat me to it, I know, I was, I was embarrassed, I was like, no, no, I was like, no, I ordered too much food. I ate too much. You know, I was like, no, no, I'm pleading with the waitress. Like, no, no, you have to let me pay. You don't understand. I ate more than all three of them in one person. I've, you've got to let me pay for this. And the waitress was like, it's done. It's already paid for. It, it, it is finished. And I just was like, oh, no. I, oh, oh, man. And my question is this. If it was paid for, what would you order from heaven? If it was paid for, no pretense, no shame attached, just, just honestly, if, 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 if you could come to the table of the Lord today and get what you need, what would you ask for? What On the menu of heaven, what would you eat? What would you say? I need healing. I need peace. 
I need strength. I, what would you order? And by the Spirit of the Lord, I tell you this. Don't you dare leave today hungry. It has been paid for. I want to encourage you to come to the table of the Lord. I love, if there's a few things in the Bible, there's one of them that I love is this idea of the table of the Lord. I just think it's so cool, you know, like that Jesus, that God in the Old Testament, they took the showbread and they put it on the table. Jesus, when he met with his disciples, they met around a table. That, 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 that picture you see that I think is Leonardo da Vinci, you know, the, the, the table, the, the Last Supper, right? It's something cool about it. Because the table of the Lord, has anybody ever watched The Godfathers? You know The Godfathers? Yeah. I like it. I mean, you know, I'm no disrespect, but there's something real gangster about the table. I mean, that's the family. Get the family. Gather the family. Bring them around the table. I got something I got to share. There's something, there's, there's, there's something to be said about a family that gathers around the table together. There's something there, you know. Like, there's a reason Jesus didn't just like, didn't make it fast food, pick up at the window, go home, eat it. No, no. He said, he picked 12 dudes and said, let's, let's gather around a table together. The table of the Lord. Hunger, hunger's interesting, you know, because hunger, and now I'm speaking of, of spiritual hunger. Jesus said, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness shall be filled. Hunger is interesting because hunger will either draw you to the table of the Lord or push you into the wilderness looking for your own means of sustenance. Hunger, hunger will create in you either a humility and dependence upon the table of the Lord, or it will create in you this, this prideful resistance and this I can do it alone and I don't need anybody. But, but what God shows us with the table of the Lord is that union with Christ cannot be separated with unity of brother and sister, that they are one, and that the table is significant, and that we can't neglect the table and expect his presence. I love the story of Mephibosheth. David... David goes looking. Look at this. This is so, so cool. David goes looking for his enemy's descendants so he can bless them and restore them. And the way he blesses them and restores him, he finds Mephibosheth. And you know the story of Mephibosheth, right? When Mephibosheth, when his grandfather was losing the kingdom, 
In haste, somebody picked him up and dropped him, and he became lame. David finds the descendants of his enemy who tried to kill him. And he says, I'm going to restore him. But the means by which I'm going to bring restoration to him is that I'm going to bring him into my kingdom, into my castle, into my dwelling place, and I'm going to put him at my table, and I'm going to allow him to eat from my table. And I want you to know today, when God... When God restores you, he uses the church and the table of the Lord to pull you in and set you down at a table even if you don't feel like you deserve to be there. That a part of your rest, the process of your restoration requires the table of the Lord. It requires the fellowship of God's people and the union that's found in becoming one with Christ as you take the bread and the wine. Now the table, let me define it for you. The table is a symbol of family, community, and faithful presence all through the Bible. It's a symbol of our deep desire to be known and to be loved. I wish you'd underline that. The table of the Lord is a symbol of our deep desire to to be known and to be loved. Everyone's looking for a table to belong to. And if they don't find the table of the Lord, they'll go join the Hell's Angels or the M13s or they'll go down the road and they'll run with their boys in the hood. But they're looking for a table, man. I was looking for a table my whole life. When I walked in that church in Lorraine, I said, man, this is what I've been looking for my whole life. I found something here that that I cannot find anywhere else. There was something divine about this table. This table isn't like the table in the world. This table is is somehow redemptive. This table restores me. This table speaks well of me. This table gives me hope. This table gives me a future. I mean, this table ain't like the table. I sat sat at some tables out there, and what nobody that sat at my table with me, loyal. They was all looking for their own angle. They was all looking for their own cut. You couldn't trust anybody around that table. But when I found the table of the Lord, I said, man, I found something that the world can't give. It's the table of the Lord I looked for my whole life. It's a symbol that we see throughout Scripture as a place where God dwells and he provides for his people. He dwells here. I want you to know, unlike anything we do, he dwells here. His, the reality of his presence. We've been given, really, like most things in the Bible are all by faith. But Jesus said, this, whenever you take this, you will know the reality of me. This is similar to baptism. When you get baptized, you actually experience it instantaneously. You go down old, and you come up brand new in the Lord. When you partake, when we partake of communion, the reality of Jesus 
It comes alive. So God sets a table for us and he joins us around this table. The table represents communion and the table represents union and unity with Christ. Exodus 12 verse 10 says this. This is interesting. Speaking of the table. Speaking of Passover. It says you shall let None of it remain until morning. We know now that the Passover lamb was symbolic of Jesus. And in the Passover, we were required to slay the lamb, take the blood, apply the blood, to the doorpost and the, and the, the lintel, but never on the floor because you, you're not supposed to trample on the blood of Jesus. Only on the door, never on the floor. And then he says, what I want you to do, once you apply the blood, I want you to go in, I want you to come into the house, and I want you to stay there. I want you to gather around the table, and I don't want you to leave. If you leave, you run the risk of death. So come in and remain. Everybody say this. Come in and remain at the table of the Lord. And he says you got to eat it all. This table, there's no pretense at this table. There's no pretending at this table. You have to eat all of it. You can't leave any of it, which is this. You can't just take the bread of blessing and say, yummy, to my tummy. That's so good. And, and, then, and then, so you eat the bread of blessing, but when the bread of correction comes, you say, no, thank you. I'll eat that later. No, no. I don't. <laughs> When the parts of Jesus that you digest, it's interesting that you have to actually consume it, meaning you have to like, you have to put it in you, and you have to like, it becomes real in you, you have to internalize it, but when the stuff comes that you like, you eat. The stuff comes about Jesus that you don't like, like, you know, some of the stuff he says that's hard, like, you have to forgive people, or you have to love people. I really do. There's some people, Jesus, I really don't want to love. You got to eat that. You got to eat that part of me too. You can't leave that out. If you leave that part of me out, you can't stay in the house. You can't. You're not protected. You're not protected by the blood if you don't eat all of it. You're not not covered by the blood if you don't eat all of Jesus. This is what Passover tells us, referencing the table of the Lord. So, one more thing that's interesting about the Passover meal. And Paul references this too in, uh, in 1 Corinthians 11, verse 30, uh, right around there. If death came by eating, hmm, when she ate that, when she ate that fruit, death came. She ate it, nothing you could do to keep it off you except for apply the blood and eat the lamb. 
Jesus says, until I come, proclaim my death. Eat. He said, he said, you must, those who are of me must eat my flesh and drink my blood. And they got mad. They got mad. You know why they got mad? Because it's offensive. Because you and I know that if you're going to drink his blood and you're going to eat his flesh, you got to be all the way in. You can't come in some days and come out others. He said, you, got it. you, got it. you have to eat all of me, and unless you're going to eat all of me, you get none of me. You don't get the blessings without, you got to eat all of me. And if death came from the fruit that Eve ate, then life comes from the body that Jesus presented and said, eat. So the table is for eating. The table is for eating, and the table, the table brings life. Always brings life. The table will bring you, it will bring, the table will bring healing to your sick body. The table will bring clarity to your confused mind. The table will bring freedom to your depressed soul. The table will deliver and redeem. Jesus says, he breaks it, he breaks the bread in Mark 14, verse 22, and he says this, take, eat, take it, and eat it. You have to eat it. Can't sniff it, can't smell it. You can't mentally ascend to it. You have to, you have to become it. You have to eat it. So I want to encourage you. There's so many people that I've watched walk away from the table, leave this table. For what? Where are you going? They, they, they look back at Jesus and say, where are we going to go? Where can we possibly go? You you have eternal life. You have the words of eternal life. You are the son of the living God. What other table are we going to go to that, will, that can possibly bring us what your table can bring to us? So I want to encourage you to, to, to get to the table. Get to the fellowship. Get to the family and stay. Don't leave. Don't leave because somebody says something that rubs you the wrong way. Don't leave because somebody looks at you the wrong way. Don't leave the table. And I want to encourage you to take all of it, to receive the fullness of Christ that is presented in our fellowship. Take it all. Receive it all. John 1.16 says this, and of his fullness we have all received and grace for grace. I want you to know, I'm not here eating cute. I'm here for what I need. And I want to encourage you, you don't have to, you don't have to approach the table with timidity. You've got nothing to prove to nobody in this room. I want you to know, just come for what you need today. Come for healing, come for restoration, come for redemption. But don't you dare walk out the door and not eat the fullness of grace that is offered to you and I. Christ has offered it, the fullness of heaven. All of the promises available to you and to me. 
Don't you allow family disputes to keep, to keep you from the table. <laughs> one time, one time, we was at Christmas. We was at Christmas, and, you know, we always get together at Christmas as a family. And, and Louie, my brother-in-law, Pastor Lou, he was sitting by the door, and we gave the kids all the Nerf guns. You know the Nerf guns? Yeah, because, you know, and, uh, and uh, you know, and so uh, Lou was sitting by the door, and, and Mary, Pastor Mary, walked through the door. And we, were, we was already there. She was a little late coming in. She walked through the door. She looked down at Lou like that, and Lou said, pow, shot her right in the eye. Bang. Her head went back and to the right, back and to the right. Bang. She couldn't see for a week, but she stayed. And listen to me. She stayed. She stayed. There's other time. There's other time. <laughs> There's other time at the family. You know how families get. You know, we, you, know you fight. You say things that, you, you know, you probably shouldn't say. You, you, you know, you, you, you just say stuff, you know. And, and one time we was, at, we was at my sister April's house, and, and I don't know what happened, you know. Something happened, and uh, I, I didn't see her for a minute. And she came back down. She seemed to be upset. I said, April, you want us to leave? I didn't think she'd say yeah. She said, as a matter of fact, yes, that'd be good. That just would like for you to. I said, well, let me go get my, some mashed potatoes and stuff here. <laughs> I'm sure April's going to love that one. But what I'm saying is like, we've got to stay at the table. We have to stay in, in communion together. We have to stay in fellowship together. Because trans, we're here for transformation, not entertainment. I'm not here to be entertained. I'm here to be transformed. And... and and I'm not going to let anyone from the family keep me from my transformation. And, and I want to encourage you to eat chicken with your fingers. Stop, stop eating. Stop coming together and being so formal. There's no polity here. There's no pretense here. If you come in sad, well, we need, to, we need to make sure that sadness falls off of you. But what the last thing we want you to do is come through the door and pretend. The last thing we want you to do is come through the door and, and, and have pretense. We want to, we, we're not judging anybody here. I got, a, I got a sister in Lorraine. Her name is Jasmine Pagan. I watched this girl eat chicken one time. We went out to dinner. I watched her eat chicken one time. Let me tell you, I've never seen anybody eat chicken the way she ate chicken. Your aunt can eat some chicken. Chicken. She took that chicken. She ate, I thought she was done. Uh-uh. She broke the bone of the chicken. I'm not kidding you. She broke the bone and sucked the marrow right out the bone. I said, man, if there ain't never been nobody eat some chicken, Jasmine can eat some chicken. That girl just ate that chicken. She ate all of it. And I want to encourage you, come to church and suck the marrow out of that chicken. Get all that you came for. Don't leave empty. I mean, let's lay hands on it. Let's believe God for the miracle-working power. I mean, let's just contend for the heaven of what God has given us. He's given us. It's all. It's grace for grace, all of it. So contend. Get to the table. Stay at the table and eat. Don't go home hungry. Amen? Secondly, I want to encourage you and caution you, caution you. I want to caution you. you don't you leave this table and go looking for something out there. Paul says this. Paul makes reference to this. 
is found in 1 Corinthians 10.21. He says, he says this, you cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons. You cannot partake of the Lord's table and the table of demons. I want you to know that the table of the world is the table of demons. And if you spend any time at the table of the world, you know exactly what I mean. There is betrayal, deceit. They, they are power hungry. They, they mask and marade at unity, but they, don't, but they don't really have it. They profess to, to have what the table of the Lord has, but it is a form without the power. I'm telling you, the world has nothing for us. We need to stop running away from here and looking for it out there. There is nothing out there but the table of demons. The world has a table that pretends. It has group identity, tribal mentality, this side, that side, rest side, blue side, left side, right side. Jesus offers a table and himself as the lamb, as the one who has conquered. I encourage you, stay at the table. Do not leave this table looking for healing out there. I said something the other day, people got upset. I said, listen, the, the, the ministry of counsel belongs to the church, not the world. And you, you say, what? I'm telling you, the ministry, we have the gift of the Holy Ghost. The God, we have the gift of God. The, the gift of the ministry of counsel belongs to the church, and we have directed people to the world, to the table of demons, for that which is only found at the table of the Lord. You can't learn enough but you can, you can partake of Christ and you can be healed in an instance. Here's the deal. The more you eat at the table, the less you will backslide. If you find your... It's impossible. I'm telling you, it gets hard to backslide after you've had the goodness of Jesus. After you've, after you've eaten of him. After you've partook of his grace. It's hard to leave the table of the Lord for something. There ain't nothing out there they got for me. You ain't got nothing. You can't tempt me. I've, been, I've eaten from the table of the Lord. I, God himself has invited me like Mephibosheth to sit at the king's table. I'm not going to leave the king's table and go sit at some, 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 some prostitute table I eat at the king I'm a king's son I've been brought I've been bought by the blood I've been washed and cleansed I'm one with Christ third I want to remind you that there is power in our union in our unity at the table of the Lord there is power here And, and I want to say this, it is impossible, it is impossible for you to partake of Christ and be in union with Christ, but be disunified from your brothers and sisters at the same table. It's impossible. Somebody's wrong, all right? It is impossible to hold an offense Sunday after Sunday after Sunday after Sunday after Sunday Sunday. It is impossible to keep coming to the table of the Lord and, and then professing that you, that you are one with Jesus but, but separate from his bride. 
It's impossible. I'm telling you, it's impossible. You cannot partake of his goodness, of his grace, and then say, I love Jesus. I love the union I have with Christ, but I'm not unified with you. Here, I'll take you. You don't believe me. John 17, 21. Watch this. That they all may be what? Well, that settles it now, doesn't it? That they all may be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they may also be in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. This is what it tells me. Division diminishes the power of the anointing. When we gather around this table, we need to make sure that we are unified. We need to make sure that we are in union with Christ, but, but we must take it another step further and make sure that there is no separation from any one of us at this table at one time. We must make sure that this table stays protected. And I'm, I'm telling you, if there's one thing, I'm telling you, if there's one thing that, that stops a move of God in the earth, it is this. Because it's impossible to say, I love Jesus, but I really don't really like him and this and that and the other. And then come up here and say, oh, God bless my song. God bless my song today. Anoint me. Can't do that. It doesn't happen. And and the, the instant we feel separation from one another, we should go immediately and rectify it. Why? Because Psalms 33 says something to us. Psalms 133, look at what it says. It says, behold how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It's like the precious soil upon the head running down the beard, the beard of Aaron, running down on the edge of his garment. It's like the dew of Hermon descending upon the mountains of Zion, descending upon the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord will command his blessing. So you can see, he says this, If they're in union with me and we are one, there is unlimited power available to the church. But if there, but if there be a no anointing, if the sick are not made well, check the table. Check the table. Check the table, man. You better check the table. If there's no power upon the preaching, Check the table, man. If the song lacks the oil of heaven, you better check that table. You better get back to the table and say, hey, is it I? Is it I? Is it I? Is it I? Is it me? Is it you? And the powerful thing about Jesus is this. He said, the one who betrays me is at my table. And he still washed his feet. So if there's any anointing missing, If the power, if we are devoid of power, if we are devoid of presence, I implore you, church on the North Coast, beloved of God, check our hearts. Get to the table. Check one another. You good. You good. You good. You good. We good. Are we good? Because if we're not good, listen, let's not take the stage. Let's not trample upon. Let's not trample underfoot the Son of God. Let's not do that anymore. Let's not play around and patty cake with Jesus. I mean, we got real business to take care of. People walking through the door messed up. I mean, we need to restore something. So we need the power of heaven. So we got to lay down our pride and we say, God, say, God, check my heart. Make sure I'm good. And if I got to lay down, I got to lay down, God. I I diminish so you can glorify. I'm not going to get in your way. Check the table. Check the table. Amen. And there are times, I'm telling you, there are times I'm like, mm-mm, there's something funky. There's something funky. I can feel it. 
If you got any discernment, you can feel it and say, man, something ain't right in here. And it ain't got nothing to do with union with Jesus. It's got something to do with the union of, of brethren. Rarely, rarely do I find there a problem with the union of Jesus. Oh, there's a lot, though. There's a lot at the table. There's a lot. There's a lot of division at the table. And we, we pretend like it's not there. And I'm telling you, we got to stop doing that. We got to stop pretending. Oh, no, I'm good. Just give me a salad. It's okay. No, just, just, you know, just give me the cheapest thing on the menu. And, and we, want cheap, we want cheap anointing rather than the good stuff. I'm not, I don't want cheap anointing. I'd rather have hard conversations, fight it out. You know, disagree as a family, but get back to the table, man. We got business to take care of. Get back to the table. Maybe you said this. Maybe you did that. Maybe. But listen, it's not bigger than the call of God. The gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. We got work to do. Let's get back to the table. Check our hearts. Check your heart. Check your heart. Get back to the table. You got to make sure this table is right. You can't be sitting at the table thinking your brother, your sister ain't with you. You go on to war and you, 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 we're going to war, son. We're going to war and you ain't with me. I need to know. I need to know. I'm not about to go out here and fight hell and then come back to the table and fight the table. It's got to stop. I'm not about to be at a table where I feel like I got to fight the table and then leave the table and fight the demons too. Tired of that nonsense. So it's a matter, it's, you know what it is? It's ego and pride. That's all it is. It's ego and pride. And it's control. We all want to be the boss. Everybody want to be the boss. Everybody want to sit at the, at the main chair, the Jesus chair. Everybody want to play the God card. I'm telling the truth, but it's okay. So it's humility. It's humility. Jesus, I'll lay down. If you need me to lay down so you can be glorified, I'll lay down. If I need to step aside, God, I'll step aside. If I need, if I need to lay down, what, you, what do you want me to do, God? I just need to make sure that the table is right. I'm not going to war out here with the table wrong. So, God, I'll lay down my, my agenda. I'll lay down what I want, God. I'll do what you want. This is your table. This ain't none of our table. This table's yours. This is the table of the Lord. This is not the table of Troy. This is not the table of Pastor Dom. This is not the, this is not the table of Pastor Lou. This is the table of the Lord. God, tell me, what do you want us to do? Unity of faith. Humility is how we will possess the power. And the power we possess will always be dependent upon the unity at the table. If the table is broken, the power will be broken too. There will, no, there will be no power. Where are the greater works that Jesus talks about? Because there's no unity at the table. Man ran for mayor in Lorraine. Listen to me. A man ran for mayor in Lorraine. He had attended church on the North Coast for 30 years. 30 years the man ran for mayor. He got 500 sorry votes. Then more than 500 people attend the church in Lorraine. He got 500 sorry votes. And I'll tell you this to let you know the condition of the table. The table is disunified. 
Church down the road got, 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 got big signs in their yard advocating for some Gentile. Now, if we can't be unified on our own brother running for mayor to take the, to take the, the power construct and lead it in a direction of, of redemption, then what chance do we stand against disease and pestilence, against the evil construct that possessed the dark high places? I mean, we better get a sober reality check and see where we are around this table. Lastly, the table reveals Christ. It reveals the reality of Christ. John 17, 23. I'm closing. It says, I in them and you in me, that they, that they may be made perfect in one. And here's the part you need to unlearn. That the world may know you, Jesus. So look at what it says. This table, the union of Christ and the unity of brothers and sisters around this table will determine the reality of Jesus. If our children will know Christ, it will be because the table of the Lord has union and unity. If a generation is, is to be saved from damnation, it will be because the table of the Lord. They will only know the reality of Christ if this table is put together. Our union and our unity will determine the reality of Christ. Our love for one another at this table determines the reality of Jesus. He said, I will know, they will know that I am Jesus by how you love one another at the table of the Lord. That's an enormous responsibility and privilege God has given to us. Keep the table. Keep it clean. So as you stand to your feet with me, I want to I do this. Let us make a commitment today. First, to remain at the table and never leave it. Remain. Stay at the table. I can't tell you how many families I've watched walk away from this table to their own demise, literally death. There's a family I have on my mind right now. The grandfather died. The, the whole family, when the grandfather left the table, the whole family left the table. They left the table of the Lord and they went out there and they partook of the table of demons. And then they, every once in a while they come back and they take their place like Mephibosheth but soon not long after they'd, they'd get up and they'd run back to the table of demons I got news about six months ago that one of them died prematurely and I'm telling you every time you leave this table every time we leave the result is death 
Those demons, they got one job. Listen to me. The table of the world has one job. Kill you. Steal from you. Destroy you. What You leave. You eat that food. They're going to kill you. They're going to destroy you. They're going to steal from you. They're going to take everything that's sacred to you. You can see it happening right now. Taking everything that's sacred, stripping of, of its sacred, and calling it virtue. This table. This is a call of repentance to the church. we got to get back to this table, and we got to stay at this table, man. we got to stay at this table. That little baby right there, we got to stay at this table to make sure she reaches her destiny. Those grandbabies, we got to stay at this table because if, if we leave this table, man, they don't stand a chance. As long as we stay at this table, all things are possible. Nothing is too hard for God at this table. All things are possible. Nothing too hard for God. We stay at this table. He can turn hearts around. He's got them right in his hand. He can just turn it right back around. Pull them right back to the table. Like Mephibosheth, pull you right back to the table. Stay at this table. We've got to remain at the table. Secondly, this is the hard stuff. If you're at this table, you have to forgive. You have to forgive. Even if they don't apologize, you have to forgive. Even if they don't recognize how they dog you. Even if they keep dogging you, even if they run off off from the table and they dog you and they sell you for 30 pieces of silver, you still got to stay at the table and you still got to forgive them. Ha! I want to do that. I want to leave. I want to leave the table too. But I want, I want a move of God more. I want to move of God more. I want to move of God more. I want my children to know the power of Christ and His resurrection. I want them to know it. I want this world to know the reality of Christ. So as much as it costs me, as bad as it hurts me, I forgive you. I forgive you. I forgive you. God called you to the he restores you at the table. All of it. All of it. You got to love. You got to love everyone at the table. Regardless of whether or not they're living their Christian life to your standards. You gotta love gay people, alcoholics. You gotta gotta love the left and the right, the blue and the red, the black and the white, the rich and the poor. You gotta love them all. You gotta love them. You can't have any animosity in your heart towards them. You gotta love them. You gotta really love them. How do you know if you love somebody? When they hurt, you have empathy. Even if you disagree with their lifestyle, when they hurt, you have empathy. That's love, man. That's love. Like, I disagree with your lifestyle, but I love you. I love you. And people know that. You know, people know that. You can, you can tell them you're wrong, but I love you. 
you, what you're doing is, is immoral, but I love you. Stay at the table, though. Don't leave the table. I know you want to leave the table because you feel like you're not worthy, but stay at the table. Pull out their seat. Set them back in. No, no, no. Come back. Sit back down. Get back at the table. Don't leave the table. I know you don't feel worthy enough to be at the table, but I'm telling you, Jesus paid for your meal. Don't you leave here until you get everything he paid for. He loves you. I want us to receive communion together today. So if you could, just kind of make your way to the altar. There's communion elements there. Just kind of pick them up. Maybe we can, like, help them pass it out and get everybody around the altar. And we're going to, I'm going to give you, once we all receive our communion, I'm going to give you seven blessings from community that's found, communion that's found in Exodus 23, the Passover meal. So come, come. Get some more. Get some more. I need more communion. Here, here's some right here. There's some bread right here. There's some more over here. There you go. There's some more right there. There you go. Just maybe pass them out to the, those who, who are off in their seats, you know. There's some, some in their seats out there. Yeah, just take it to them in the seats. Come in close, come in close, come in close. Gather around the table of the Lord. Come on, come in close. We're just going to receive this together today. I invite all to the table of the Lord. Christ invites you to his table. Paul said this. He said there's healing at the table. He said for this reason there are many sick among you. Because... You're eating, you're eating for appetite, but not for spirit. He said, not until you eat the bread and the cup for spirit will it satisfy your hunger. And because of it, because you don't have the revelation of Jesus in it, you're sick. You're sick. But once you get the revelation that this represents his body, and I get to hold it. I want you to hold it. Just hold it in your hand. You see, the Bible, the Bible doesn't give us much to hold in faith. But Jesus says, as often as you do this, remember my death. Remember that I died in your place. He died for you. He didn't just die for you. He died as you. Jesus died as you. So it's not your sin. It's his now. And because of that, the, de- the devil, Satan, he's got nothing. He's got no accusation against you. 
You realize that he's got nothing to accuse you of. If your sin belongs to Jesus and his righteousness belongs to you, you can look back at him and say, nah, baby, I'm redeemed. I'm blood-bought. I'm set free. My sin is no longer mine. You can't kill me. You can't come looking for payment from me because it's his body. It's his blood. I'm one in him. He paid the price for me and he set me free. He, the Bible gives us very few things to hold on to, but this one right here is real. And I want you to know there's seven blessings found in Exodus 23. And it starts with this. Exodus 23 says, as you receive this, he's going to give you an angel. He, 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 as we receive this, this meal together, as we sit around this table, he says, I will assign angels to you. When you receive it, I will, res- I will assign angels to take care of you, to, to provide for the seed of Abraham. I will give angelic forces available to you. Secondly, it says that any enemy of yours becomes an enemy of his. When you receive this, the enemy now, the enemy becomes, he like, he, he's rendered powerless. Like, like when you receive it, you say, man, you don't got to fight me. You got to fight Jesus. And you know how that ends. You know how that ends, buddy. You can't, you, you mess around with him. He already bruised your head once. He already crushed your skull once. You want it again? Go ahead. But, but listen, as we receive it, any enemy to us becomes an enemy to God, to our Father. Third, he says, I'll, when you receive this, when you gather around him, I'll bring prosperity to you. Come on, man. I wa- God, I want your prosperity. Not the wealth of this world, but I want, the, I want the wealth of heaven. I want the riches of heaven. Give me prosperity. Fourth, he said, I'll take sickness away. Take it away. So right now, just sickness be gone in Jesus' name. Sickness be gone in Jesus' name. I'm healed by his stripes. I'm healed. I hold healing in my hand. Number five, he said, I'm going to give you long life. Long life. He's going to give you long life. I, I declare right now 120 years over everyone in this room. Come on, you want 120? I want 120 to the fullest. Come on, let's touch him to the fullest, to the fullest, to the fullest. Healthy and strong full of strength. I'm going to climb my mountain on the day I die. I'm going to climb my mountain like Moses. But I want all, all the fullness of Christ that he's offered for me. Number six, he said, I'll, I'll give you an inheritance. A godly inheritance. He promises you an inheritance. He promises you the inheritance of heaven. I want the inheritance of heaven, God. I want my children. I want to give my children something greater than this earth to take with them. When pain comes, when trouble comes, when despair comes, they have the inheritance of heaven. And then lastly, this is it. I'll give you a year. This is what's promised in in Exodus 23 at this meal. He said, I'll give you a special year of blessing. I claim it. I claim it right now. Do you want a special year of blessing? I, I want it all. I want a special year of blessing. So with me right now, hold it up in Jesus' name. 
We declare health and strength and long life and vitality and peace. And we thank you for the angelic host of heaven that accompany this table today. We thank you that as we, as we are around this table, we are one with you and we are unified together. All things being possible now. We receive your body now. Go ahead and receive it. like Mephibosheth you called me even when I was an enemy to you you called me you went you came and you found me God you came and you found me and you brought me to your table and and you you allowed me to drink from the cup of your and you restore me in this cup and you redeem me in this cup you wash me white as snow in this cup and I can't remember God all the sins of my past you redeem you buy back the years that the locusts have eaten and you put me back at the table and nothing is lost in you I receive this cup today in Jesus name I invite you right there just you can set the cup down wherever you are just lift your hands and guys lead us in song and we'll close
invite you to the table today if you've, if you've never received Christ as Lord. It's just His table. He's inviting you to it now. Christians are going to pray for those who are lost and in this room or maybe watching online who do not know the Lord as, uh, as their Savior. Could you begin to pray, Christians? As they pray, I want to invite you to receive Christ right now. Pray this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart. I want to live for you. Take my life. Change this world. All for your glory. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come up with it. Live right. Love everybody. Pray hard. Thank you for being here today. Stay at the table, y'all.